You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Doc G, and today we're going to earn and invest in, you're never going to believe this, day trading. They said that I would never do it. When I started my first job as a physician, I joined a big medical practice and I spoke to just about each and every one of the hundred physicians and hands down, they all told me that there was no way I would ever make a bonus. The base pay was good, but don't expect any more. And of course, being the person that I was at that time, I set my goal early that I would be the guy to make a bonus. And so I did everything I possibly could that all the other people weren't. I took on the extra patients. I volunteered to do the hospital work. I covered the overflow of the more senior doctors who were too busy. And at the end of that first year, I missed a bonus by a tiny percentage. But by the end of the second year, I made 50% more than my base salary. And by the third year, I had doubled my salary. And it taught me a really important lesson about not just the workplace, but also life. When people tell you that you can't do something, what they really mean is they can't do something. And whether you can or not remains to be seen. This lesson has served me, but it's also made me question my assumptions. And as I've grown and learned about personal finances, there are a number of assumptions that I've never questioned. And one of those has been this idea of the stock market and trading. You see, in my community, in our community, pretty much we believe in the buy and hold strategy. You buy index funds, hold them for 10, 20, or 30 years, and then you reap the profits. This is what we believe. And over and over again, I've heard you can't day trade. You can't buy and sell single stocks over a short period of time. You Mm. can't, you can't, you can't. Mm. But what if that assumption is wrong? What if day trading is just another form of cash flow, like a side hustle, like real estate, or like 
buying a small business. Mm-hmm. What if we've been wrong this whole time? Jeremy Newsom is an avid trader and teacher. He is the CEO of Real Life Trading, where his mission is to enrich lives by teaching people how to safely and properly invest in the stock market. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm excited about this. I love that intro. <laughs> you got me all fired up. On the, I'm on the edge of my seat wanting to hear what we're going to talk about. <laughs> well, what's so cool about this is your message is different from the typical message that we talk about here on the Earn and Invest podcast. And I think it's really important to question our assumptions. So I have to admit, I'm really excited about this interview too, because I think in some ways you're really going to blow our minds. That's going to be my goal. That's my goal. And I do this a lot, man. I'll go to schools and I'll teach kids this stuff and I'll teach adults uh, how this process works. So I'm, I'm very excited. So we are going to dive deep into you and your story, but I've got to start with like the big question first. And that's basically straightforward. Is day trading a viable way to make money for your average investor? Yes, I would say absolutely. Here's my argument for that. Day trading is basic second grade math. That's really all it is. When you mentioned earlier, Doc G, about your, about cash flow, about a side hustle, about something you can do for two hours Right now, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. It is 10 a.m. and I've made $200 today, which is not an astronomical sum of money. I get that. But I've worked approximately two hours to do it. And now I have the rest of my day to do other things, other avenues, other adventures. So generally speaking, I'll give you some really basic math that personally blew my mind, but it was learned at an early age. And it's something that holds true for anyone. If you buy $1,000 of a stock and it goes up a dollar, you make $1,000. Now, I know that sounds really basic, but let it sink in because it can be 100 shares. It can be one share. I have a gentleman. Uh, he's a coaching student of mine, a mentor that, I, that I've worked with and I've helped progress through his life. He lived in Canada. Li- yeah, lived in Canada and worked in the oil field for like 25 years, had the retirement, had the pension, all that stuff, saved up some money. And I taught him a strategy where he trades the same stock every day. That stock is AMD, Advanced Micro Devices. And he buys 1,000 shares of it or sells 1,000 shares, like if he's going short. And his goal is to make 70 cents, so which is $700, right? And his risk is 30 cents, which is $300. So he risks $300 to potentially make $700. He does it every single day. And his net average take-home pay is about $600 a day on average. And so he retired, moved from Canada, and now lives in Florida and has an entirely different uh, approach on life. What's amazing is I listen to you and I've read through a bunch of your content is how thoughtful and mathematical and even in a sense risk-averse your methods are which surprises a lot of us because the first thing we think about when we think about day trading is risky. Yeah. I want to talk a lot more about your methods, but before we sure. do, I, I want to know a little bit about the man, Jeremy Newsom, <laughs> and how you ended up where you are today. I hear the movie Forrest Gump played a big role in your trajectory, which eventually led you to day trading. Yeah, it did. And I'll give you the breakdown. I'll give you the really quick, you know, glossy notes. The movie Forrest Gump, that's what kind of launched me into the realization of what money is. I 
didn't really know exactly what it was. When it first came out, it was 1994, so I was about six years old. And there was a part in the movie where Forrest Gump said the words, we didn't have to worry about money anymore. And that was because Lieutenant Dan invested in a fruit company. So as you know, the fruit company was Apple. And they said it didn't have to worry about money anymore. And I knew that my dad and my mom had often worried about money. And I didn't really know. I never heard that phrase. Like no one ever said that phrase in my household. Hey, we don't have to worry about money anymore. So I asked my dad, was investing? What is the fruit company? So he told me, told me about Apple computers, told me what the stock market is. And I was like, dad, you should do that. Right. We, we should do this. We should make this happen. And I went and picked blackberries like the fruit off the bush and sold them door to door in the summer of 1994. Sounds like a Brian Adams song. <laughs> and I made 1500 bucks. And then uh, he matched that $1,500 and we bought $3,000 worth of Apple stock in 1994. So that was kind of the, the beginning trajectory into my stepping stones into just trading in general. And fast forward forever that worked out very well, that particular investment. But I went to college, University of Florida, to learn about the stock market because I thought a finance degree, right, Doc? I thought that's what they teach you is, hey, go to college. You'll learn all about the stock market. You'll learn how to do passive income. You'll learn how to day trade. You'll learn about dividends. You'll learn how to actively trade it, options, derivatives, all that kind of good stuff. And as you know, <laughs> that's not really the case at all. You don't learn that. You learn the really basic glossing, like what's on the front page of Yahoo Finance. And that was, that was not good enough for me. So I started learning how to do 401, like self-directed 401ks, which some people don't even know you can do. Uh, self-directed 401k, self-directed IRA. I started trading at work. I worked at Nationwide Insurance at the time. And one month I made more money trading silver than I made at work. So in a month at the time, I was like, what? At the time, Doc, 21-ish. And I made $2,400 in a month, which was more than I made at work. And no one ever told me that you could make more <laughs> at trading than you could at work. So when that happened, man, that was a paradigm shift. That was huge. And you were self-taught, right? So there's a group of people who are now day traders who started in these big you know, trading warehouses where they were taught by someone else how to do this. You taught yourself, is that right? Yes, I, I taught myself in the in the form of I did go to webinars. I went to you know I, I went seminars. I read books. I was deep in the rabbit hole. So I went and tried to get as much information as I can. You know, we're not talking a massive long time ago, but let's just say 11, 12 years ago, it was there wasn't as much information as there is now. There wasn't as many books, so it was a little bit harder to really track some stuff down. But I had some people that would that would teach me, and I would reach out to them and I would ask them. But I would just assimilate information from everywhere and self-taught through the school of hard knocks. I did everything wrong. I was 21, so <laughs> I mean, I was an idiot, and I had a little, very little bit of money, and I just started going around getting money from other people and learning how to invest and trade and actively do everything and. I did it all wrong, which I have some people that told me that's when you're supposed to do everything wrong in your 20s. And I was like, well, good, because I did. I did all of it wrong in my early 20s. So I kind of figured it out. But yeah, I was self-taught through a lot of it. And talk to me a little bit about the learning curve and how long it takes. You know, this idea people think, I'm a smart guy. I went to medical school. I can start day trading and make money immediately and know what I'm doing right away. And I think mm. that's a little bit of a fallacy. Well, 
The question is not, can you make money? The question is how much and how often, and can you not lose it? Because for some people, if I say, would you want to buy one share of a stock? No one cares. They're like, yep, I could buy a share, like one. Don't care at all. And if I say, would you buy 10,000 shares? <laughs> now it changes. It's like, well, how, why is that shift different? So at what point in the middle does your brain start talking you out of a trade or talking you into a trade because you're scared or you're financially optimistic? Where does that begin to change? And there is a psychology component with that. There is a money component with that. And it just really depends on where you're at. So the, to answer your question, the learning curve is not tremendous. In my opinion, you can learn the vast majority of what you need to know to not only day trade, but just to re regularly, efficiently trade the market in about three to four months. Now, to actually profitably trade consistently, so every single month you're actually making money, is going to take about two to three years. And it's not because you're dumb or that the market's hard. It's just because your emotions, you're going to have a whole vast array of emotions are going to come up and things are going to happen that you just don't expect to occur. So imagine you, you personally, Doc, want to go play tennis and you want to get paid $10,000 this weekend. Now, I don't know your tennis skills. This is the first time you and I met. Yeah, not so great. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> so if you wanted to get paid $10,000 this weekend to play tennis, you probably know how to do that. You know how to train. You know what to do. But you're going to be playing other players. So in trading, it's the same way. Like you're playing against robots. You're playing against algorithms. You're playing against banks, hedge funds, mutual funds, regular investors, people from around the world. You're playing against other people. So you can make money every single day in the stock market, just sometimes it's for someone else. And the approach is, my, my opinion, lose less money than you make. That's the math that you need to focus on. And like the example I was telling you about, Clive is his name. That's one of my coaching students. Clive, such a wonderful, wonderful guy. He only trades AMD. That's it. Every single day. And if he loses, he's going to lose about 30 cents on a thousand shares. That's his, that's his risk. And if he wins, he'll make about 70 cents. And that's all he does every single day. Yeah. Big part of what you do is assessing risk and risk mitigation. And I think people don't really understand that until they truly understand day trading. Before we jump into all that, let's talk about some terms here because okay. again, to me, someone who's been interested in buy and hold investing, all of this is not completely intuitive what is day trading per se? And what's the difference between day trading and swing trading? It's another term I see. Dude, often. That's a super good question. So swing trading is one that very few people know about. Swing trading is you're in a position for multiple days, weeks, or months. So you're normally going to get out within the year. And day trading is almost exactly like it sounds. You're going to get in and out the exact same day. What I like about that though, Doc, is imagine a world where you're fully in cash every single day. Every night when you go to sleep and that head hits the pillow, you're in cash and you don't care what Trump or who, insert the president's name, headline, news story, article, you don't care. It's not important to you. Corona, Zika, Ebola, doesn't matter. You are sleeping and when you wake up, you're going to try to carve out a percent, half a percent, quarter of a percent of your portfolio on average every single day. And it is possible. It's absolutely achievable. Like that can be done. Those numbers can be hit. So when you're talking about the cash flow perspective, day trading and swing trading helps generate and can help generate cash flow. 
And cash flow obviously is self-explanatory, but it's to do things now while you're young. So you don't have to wait until your index funds hit 3 million when you're 59 or 63 to go have a good time. If you want to go to Aruba for a few weeks, well, let's create some cash flow. Let's figure out how much it costs. Okay, it's going to cost 19 grand to go to Aruba and have a nice giant party for three weeks. Let me go ahead and see if I can create that cash flow and uh, make it happen. A few things come to mind as I listen to your answer. One is that each day is a new battle, which actually is somewhat refreshing, right? Because like you said, you start in cash, you end in cash. So each day you start anew. The other really interesting thing is you're talking about small percentage wins every day. And again, when an outsider looks at something like day trading, they think you're making these whoppers or these grand slams all the time. And when I listen to you talk, it's actually about eking out the small percent on a consistent basis. Yeah, right. Well, the, the people that you're seeing on YouTube and the people you see on Facebook that are saying, hey, look at my really cool Lamborghini. The thing is, most of the people who are listening to your show are probably families and it's really hard to get a car seat in a Lamborghini. So, <laughs> you know, I'm talking to the people out there that have <clears throat> Cheetos and their Honda Odyssey and it's like, I get it. I know the Lambos are cool. That's really exciting. That's fun. The challenge is realistically is you can also rent a Lamborghini and you can go on YouTube and you can market your course and you can sell it and you can make money doing that rather than trading. I actually make money trading. And so I've been doing it for a very long time and I work with a lot of professionals in the industry and we all know it is that small gain. You can have a whopper every now and then. I usually hit about one a month. So a whopper would be like three to 4% of your entire portfolio in a day. That's a really good trade. So for example, one today was net ticker symbol N E T. Um, and that's a company that a lot of people are really excited about. It's one that's been moving really nicely recently. It's relatively, the company's called Cloudfare, and what they do to make things simple is they make websites faster. That's what they do. And websites are going to be around for a very long time, right? They're not going anywhere. And I think if you can have a company that makes your websites faster, you're probably going to subscribe to it. So long story short, that was a really good trade for a lot of people today. It was up 8% and we were able to capture that nice chunk in the middle, that nice little 3% block. So in general, yeah, man, it's a lot of base hits. It's a lot of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Every now and then you get a little lucky if you're in the right position. But on average, it's those small consistent gains daily that'll, that'll stack up and add up. The other thing that also becomes clear in your example with that person, Clive, you were talking about yeah. is that you're allowed to have a narrow focus. Like when we think again of day trading, we think of zooming from Apple to Netflix to Google yep. to Amazon, yep. whereas you may have a grouping of four or five big stocks, or I shouldn't even say big, four or five stocks that instead sure. you're zooming in and paying attention to the moment to moment change and you may spend a month or two months or even a year just in those four stocks. Yeah, Doc, you nailed it, man. The thing is, trading actively will be as hard or as simple as you want it to be. You get to decide how complex we make it. You get to decide how simple you make it. If you go, this is my plan, this is my strategy, I'm good with boring, and you wake up and every single day you play AMD. I have another guy named Steven who plays Apple religiously. That's all he plays. And I played Apple from 2012 to 2013, every single day. Every single day for two years, uh, I played Apple and I did a lot of things within Apple. So I would do shares and options, 
swing trade, day trade, longer term invest. You can longer term invest. I love longer term investing. I have longer term investing and I agree that the index funds are a great way to do it. I was visiting my primary care physician literally yesterday and this is his strategy. You'll like this because you're, you know, a medical professional or you have a lot of experience with that. His strategy, he only plays the Qs, which as you know, is an index fund, the QQQ. That's the index fund that tracks the NASDAQ. Gets rebalanced ever so often. His strategy is he stockpiles cash and anytime there's a virus, he buys. So he bought during the Corona dip and he bought during Zika. He bought during Ebola. He bought during swine flu, avian flu, all the, all the viruses because his thought is very simple. Either we fix it as a medical community or we all die. And he goes, the historical evidence would say that we fix it eventually. So that's his, his whole strategy is he buys dips really aggressively on the queues with cash when there's a virus. You said something there that probably blows a lot of people's minds, and I don't even think you realized it. What you're saying is you can use day trading to create cash flow and then do long trading, long term, you know, buy and hold in an index or take that cash flow and put it into a business or a Boom. platform or a website. Yep. People don't realize that maybe the day trading isn't an end into itself, but just a readily source of cash to do more long-term investing. Bingo, my man. That's it. And you can do, and I'm glad you took that, uh, took that away from that comment because you're absolutely right. That's, I do a lot of that. A lot of people will say, oh, you only day trade. It's like, no, man, I, I love long-term investing. That's how I make money while you sleep. Because day trading, you're not sleeping right? You can build algorithms, you can build robots, you can do it all automatic. And I have done that and it can be done. But I also like the manual thing. It's like, do I want to play tennis professionally or do I want to play it on a video game professionally? It's like, well, I personally just like the the actual physical aspect of it. I mean, I don't want to play the video game. So for me, I like day trading. I like being in and out. But uh, in general, I think you're 100% right, man. You can create cash flow from day trading or swing trading to do something else with. Here's an example, man. Wayfair. Do you know what Wayfair is? Yep. A lot of people do. Most of your listeners probably know what Wayfair is. They've probably used it, either their husband or their wife, order things from Wayfair. Did you know that Wayfair, let's not not even say March, let's just say mid-April, okay? Wayfair is up 300% since mid-April. If you do go back over to March, it's up ready for this? 1200% since the bottom of March, 1200%. So when you're talking about a swing trade, you could have bought a thousand dollars and you're up 1200% in five months. There's no index fund in the world doing that, obviously. And you don't have to have tons of money. Wayfair was $30 a share. So you could have taken $3,000 and boom, right? You're, you're absolutely murdering it. So that could have been a cash flow position that you do on a swing trade over the course of seven or eight months and you're absolutely cleaning up. Shopify is another one. Wix is another one that you probably know. Square, I know you know exactly what Square is. Square is up, I think, 400% in the last four months. So people are going to listen to this and say, yeah, but that's timing the market. And traditionally, we found that even people who study markets for long periods of time are pretty poor at timing the market. And the markets tend to be somewhat efficient, especially for novices 
like us who don't have the most insider information mm. dispel that myth for me because that's what go. you're going to hear over and over again timing the market is impossible you're going to lose big at some point yeah so you're right about the losing like you're going to lose on some trades and the timing of the market i love novices for two reasons Number one, they don't have the judgment cloud of all the things and all the indicators and all the news sites and everything that you can look at. You haven't been jaded by the 157,000 upgrade analysts and downgrade analysts that come out every single day. When you are a novice, you want to think about two main things. Number one, what is everyone else thinking and saying? And let me do the opposite of that. So the whole buy when everyone's terrified thing works quite well very frequently. When you know the whole market is panicking, when everyone's really, really scared, that oftentimes can be a pretty decent buying opportunity. But number two, sit down for an hour a month every, or 30 minutes and just think to yourself, what companies are going to do good over the next three years or three months and why? So once a month, just sit down with your friends, your husband, your wife, your spouse, your, your, your buddies, and just talk. What companies do we think are going to do okay over the next few months and why? So for example, let's just use Zoom. Zoom is a very, very popular one. We're on Zoom right now. And for those who are listening, you know, him and I are able to look at each other across the entire, you know, Chicago to Nashville. We're able to stare at each other's faces through this really cool application. If you had sat down five, six months ago and said, what companies are going to do pretty well over the next few months? And you think to yourself, Zoom might do well because people are going to be staying at home more. They're going to be telecommunic you know, telecommunicating more. They're going to be discussing with friends. Podcasts might go up. We're going to be using Zoom to communicate with our coworkers and our employees and our bosses. So let me buy 10 shares of Zoom. Another myth that I want to dispel for people, you do not have to buy 100 shares of a stock. A lot of people are like, oh, I have to buy 100 shares. No, you don't. Buy one share. Buy three shares. Buy 10 shares. You don't have to buy 100. Just buy a small piece if you really want in. And if you don't know exactly what it's going to do, again, if you had bought 10 shares of Tesla back at 200, right, or back at 400 back in March, you're doing quite well. And that's, again, the point where you do not have to buy 100 shares. You should, as a novice, sit down and think once a month, what are some companies that might do well? And you'll be surprised what you come up with. Because I think you can not time the market. You're absolutely right. You're never going to buy at the exact low, and you're never going to sell at the exact high. But there's a lot of money to be made in the middle. Let's double down on this idea of making money on the middle and tie in this idea of risk mitigation. You talk okay. a lot about options. Now, sure. that, again, is something that a lot of people don't quite understand. But from what I've read, it's a way of identifying exactly how much risk with a possibility of quite a bit of upside if you do it correctly. Tell people what yep. options are and how they're traded. Okay. Best way to describe options, they are insurance contracts for stocks. That's literally what they are. So when you are talking about health insurance, everyone knows what health insurance is. Everyone knows what car insurance is. Everyone knows what homeowner's insurance is. Most people do not know you can buy insurance on your stocks, but you can. 
So there's two types of options. There is a call option and there is a put option. A put option is literally an insurance contract for your stock. So if you buy a put option and the stock goes down, your put option will go up in value because it's an insurance contract. It's protecting yourself. So when you watch the movie, The Big Short, and they're making a bunch of money as the stocks are going down, that's what they're doing. They're buying put options. Secondly, there's something called a call option. Call option is an insurance contract for short sellers. We're not going to go into that right now, but long story short, if you buy a call option, when the stock goes up, your call option will go up. What's interesting about options, Doc G, is they're very inexpensive relative to the stock. So I'll give you an example. Right now, I'm personally relatively bullish on a company called Pinterest. You probably know what Pinterest is. Uh, they've been out on the market for about a year and a half, and they're a social media company, and they are a data gold mine. Okay, if I'm a marketing person, which I do a little bit of marketing on the side, I know that I can go to Pinterest. Let's say I'm a real estate agent, and I live in Chicago. And I want to go. All right, I want to sell a home to only men or women from 45 to 60 who have a $1.3 million net worth and they, they like this type of home. So they like white modern homes with, and when I say white, I mean the color like of the house, <laughs> right? You, but you have certain things and they can outline, they want a fireplace, they want this type of table, they want this. And you can go and get that on Pinterest because people literally are building a shopping cart for marketers. It's called their Pinterest boards. They're telling you, hey, marketers, I like this thing. This is exactly what I like, so sell it to me. And as a marketer, I go, okay, here you go. Here's what you want on your Pinterest board, now buy it. So the cool part is, for me, I really like Pinterest. I am quite confident that Pinterest is gonna go higher over time. So what I can do is I can place a calculated bet. If I wanted to buy, for example, 100 shares of Pinterest, right now it would cost $3,600. What I could also do is I could control 100 shares of Pinterest, by buying a January 2022 $40 call option. So what that means is I have the right to buy Pinterest at $40, but I'm only going to spend right now $940 for that exact option. So instead of spending $3,600 to buy Pinterest now in the market, I can buy it for $900 and I have the opportunity to either A, buy Pinterest at 40 a year and a half from now, because it'll probably be at 60 or I can just sell that contract to someone else. And if I sell that contract, if I buy Pinterest, uh, $40 January, 2022 call option, and it costs $900 right now, a year from now, if Pinterest is at 60, that option doc G will be worth at least $3,000. So I buy it for 900, it's worth 3000. That's a really, really, really sexy return on your investment. And the absolute worst thing that's going to happen to me is I lose $900. That's my absolute max investment is 900 bucks. So when you buy an option, you cannot lose more than you purchase the option for, which is good. I think that's a good way to mitigate risk is, you know, your absolute worst case scenario. And it's usually a small amount of money. It's an interesting thought. And this is something that I certainly didn't understand because when you talk about options, you hear that people could lose it all, but it's losing it all of a defined number that's less than the actual stock is worth. Yeah. So you have yeah. a defined risk right. 
but the upside could be much higher and is not defined. Yeah. And what's really great about this, which I think most people miss, is you spend a lot of time thinking about risk and risk mitigation. In fact, I don't want to get into the weeds of this, but as I read a bunch of your content, you actually assign an R value, which I assume is some measure of risk. Exactly. And then when you're looking at trading a bunch of different options for the day, week, or month, you're really balancing R values so that you end up with a positive R at the end of the day. So you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Oh, man. But you're using your knowledge that you've gleaned from those hour sessions of talking to people and researching and trying to stack the cards in your favor so that you might miss this bet and that bet, but you're probably going to hit more than you're going to miss. And when you occasionally do hit a big one, when when Pinterest goes to 60 or 80 or 100, it's going to cancel out a lot of those risks that you took before. Dude, you just nailed it. <laughs> that is trading in a nutshell, ironically enough. And you're right. Uh, my risk is $1,000. So when I lose on a trade, for example, that Pinterest position, I can buy one contract. And if it goes to zero between now and January 2022, I lose 1000 bucks. Or I can buy 10 of them, invest $9,000 and have a risk that if it goes from $9 to $8, I lose one risk unit, right? But if it, if it hits, it can hit absolutely astronomically large. And that's exactly the point is to be thinking through what can companies do, what can stocks do, what are some companies that are interesting and have your risk defined and spread out over a certain amount. It doesn't have to be a huge portfolio. I do believe in diversification, but at the same time, I also believe in putting all of your eggs into a basket that doesn't break, right? Because the term don't put all of your eggs in one basket. When you mentioned earlier about losing it all on an option, that literally means someone has a $100,000 portfolio and they go, please work. And they put it all on one option. You should not Russian do that. roulette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Russian roulette idea, <laughs> right? Yeah. Correct. You should not do that. That's Russian roulette for your portfolio because at some point that option can and most likely will go to zero. Like you can lose all of your money on an option for sure. If you buy the wrong one with not enough time on it and you hold it to expiration, uh, you absolutely can lose all of your money doing that. So for me, it is about defined risk because when you're trading, it's not about how much money you're going to make. It's about how much money you can lose. Here's another good example. There's an options trade on Amazon that I'm in right now. It's a 4,400, I won't get into too much detail, but 4,400 debit spread for January. So long story short, it costs me $4,300 to do that trade, right? 4,300 bucks, that's my worst case. That's a 4R risk unit. So if I lose, I lose four R's, four risk units on that trade. But if I win, Doc, if Amazon starts to really rally, which I think everyone of your listeners know that Amazon's probably going to go higher over the next few months, that trade could make me $50,000. So I'm going to risk $4,300 to make $50,000. And if that hits, I'm going to go to Bali for a few months. So we'll see. And it gets pretty complex if you are savvy and you're willing to take a little bit less of return or maybe even much less return, you can mix calls and puts and stock buying of one single stock and pretty much come pretty darn close to assuring yourself a smaller return. Is that right? My man, that's 100% correct. There's so much you can do with options when you really start getting into it, especially your index fund traders. I mean, true story, there's a strategy called a collar. And a collar is a blend of selling an option and buying an option where if you have enough net equity in your position, so you're up on it, 
you can have an, ready for this one, a mathematically unlosable position for a certain period of time. That's hard to swallow. That's hard. hard. To, it is. It, it sounds impossible. It's, like it's, you are lying to me, Jeremy. Yeah, exactly. It, that is hard to swallow. Uh, but it's like, it's, it's arbitrage. Uh, yeah. It's like, but I'm not, I'm not lying. I, I'm, it's an insurance contract. So for example, every, all of your investors are very familiar with the Qs, the QQQ. So if you had bought the Qs, uh, let's just say June. Okay. You bought it at 235. Right now it's at 270. So if I bought some, I bought the Qs at 235 and now it's at 270, I have a $40 win per share. I can buy a 250 put option for November and that's going to cost me some money. But what that does is it ensures my stock if I go, if it goes lower than 250. So if I bought it at 230, okay, I can insure it if it goes lower than 250. So now I have a guaranteed $15 profitable spread. And then I can sell a, jet, a January or December 280 call option on the queues, which is higher than it is now. And I can pay for the insurance contract at 250. And my upside is the queues goes higher and I get called away at 280. So I buy it at 230. I sell it at 280. And I can't lose unless it goes below 250. If it goes lower than 250, it's higher than where I bought it for. So you're good to go until November. So again, what this does is it may for sure lessen the number of grand slams you have, but it's insuring those singles. And so if Man. you're into long-term day trading, short-term trading, and you're insuring those singles on a regular basis, you're going to create a good deal of cash flow over time. Correct. Correct. And it, it's amazing that people don't know that not only can you rent out your stock, and when I say stock, I'm talking index funds. Not only can you rent out your index funds and make money from that rent, but you can buy an insurance contract with that rent money and guarantee yourself some triples, some doubles, or some singles. Not Definitely not a grand slam, but you can ensure that you're on base. Or if you really, really, really are conservative, you can get a walk. Okay, so you didn't hit the ball, but you're on first base and it's okay. And you can make three, four, five percent on a trade over the course of a month using an in, using a boring old index fund, man. I mean, SPY has options that expire Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can even, Doc, you can even sell insurance on a position to someone else. If you think the stock isn't going to go lower, right? You can sell insurance on it. And your worst case scenario is if the stock does go down to that price that you sold, you buy the stock anyway at the price that you wanted to buy it at. It's amazing the things that you can do. So the, the big, big thing that I like to tell people is, is a revelation out there. The stock market has opened its secrets because you get enough people like myself that have made a lot of money in the markets. They've become financially independent. They've become financially free and they realize there's a whole myriad of humans out there that do not know how this stuff works, that they're intrigued by it and just need someone that can explain things from a complex to a simplistic viewpoint so that we can all make money together and we can increase our net worth and we can do amazing things with our families. It becomes increasingly clear that day trading has very little to do with going with your gut, very little to do with intuition, and much more to do with setting up defined processes that you then stick with vigorously. Ooh, my man. <laughs> Can I get you on my program? Uh, that's, you're exactly right. It's, it's, that's, that's success in general, right? That's any version of success. So we, you could have said, 
instead of day trading, you could have said marathon running. You could have said ultra trail runs. You could say doctorates. You could literally podcasting. Anything can go in that other than day trading because that's the key to success is that repeated, consistent, disciplined approach of rules and parameters over and over and over again. I want to talk about some of the dangers and downsides, but before we do, I think it's important to really talk specifics here. You deal with a lot of day traders. There's a lot of people out there making a lot of money doing this, right? Because if you talk to people again who are unbelievers, they're going to tell you that it is the odd and rare person Mm. who's year after year successfully day trading. So dispel that myth for me a little bit. There's people who are doing this and doing well. Is that right? Correct. So here's what I'll say. There, it, it's a small percentage of people who are successful at anything. It doesn't matter what it is, man. The amount of people who make a million dollars from podcasting, the amount of people who make a million dollars from badminton, the amount of people who make a million dollars swimming, it's a small number with anything that you talk about real estate, right? You know, some people have done okay at real estate, but how many people do you know make a million dollars a year passively? Like it's, the, the number is small regardless of what field that you select, but there is a number. And here's the funny part is it's easier and the number is higher than sports, right? And how many people play football, dude? Right? How many people play a sport <laughs> where they're like, I think I have a shot at doing this professionally. I'm like, statistically, no, you don't. Like you're not going to do it. It's so much higher of a probability. When people say there's a 95% amount of people who lose at day trading, man, I think I'm like, that's a five, that's humongous. Like a 5% of people make money doing this is an insanely large number. Okay. Because when people say the top 1% of the world hold all the wealth, imagine if you could say the top 5% of the world hold all the wealth as a banana number. So that's what I'm trying to do. Actually, that's one of my missions in my company is I want to change that statistic. I want to be able to change the top 1% to the top 2%. And I think I can do that with enough people that can learn this. It can be the top 2%. And I, I agree, man, that a lot of people, are going to fail at everything they do. And they'll find that one thing that they actually like doing. It can be real estate. It could be energy healing. It could be, again, podcasting. But if you like doing it enough and you understand the risks, and you understand the time commitment, and you're, you're willing to put in the capital, the human capital, the actual capital, you can make as much money as you want doing anything because money is unlimited. There's a countable infinity of money out there. So go make as much as you want because it's there. You use the percentage, roughly 95% of people lose money day trading, but 5% won't. Can you be taught to be part of that 5% reliably, your average person? For sure. Absolutely. The question is going to be how much can you make over what time and how much capital do you have to start with? Like that's a lot of it because for some people, Doc, they wouldn't consider themselves successful if they only made hundred dollars a day. They're like, oh, that's not really success to me. Like that's a lot of work for a little bit of time. It's like, well, dude, you gotta you gotta start to start. I'll give you another story. I have a gentleman I spoke with today. His name is DJ Klein. He lives here in Nashville, Tennessee with me as well. He's 26 years old. Him and his wife, Christine, he started doing this when he was 18. So he met with me at Chick-fil-A, was that, eight years ago. So right when I was starting this, 
He met me while I'm at my first videos on YouTube. He watched it. He saw it. We met at Chick-fil-A. He paid for my lunch at Chick-fil-A. And I was like, hey, man, I want to learn how to do this. Give me a plan. Give me an approach. I got $6,000 saved up in cash from like my um, bar mitzvah money. Like, what should I do in that situation? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, here's my thoughts. And I kind of gave him the perspective. I was like, it's going to take you about five or six years build up your money, go get a job, do this, do this, study this, read this. Here's your risk. You're going to target a quarter of a percent every single day. It's going to be slow. You're going to have to do this and this and just kind of outline this path for him. I talked to him today. He's 26 years old, has $100,000 in free cash flow. I'm sorry, not free cash flow, liquid cash. He has $2,000 a month in free cash flow. His wife has a $20,000 Roth IRA. He has a $50,000 Roth IRA. And he is 100% debt-free, totally 100% ready to go, financially independent based off of trading. That's amazing, man. Like that's an incredible, incredible story. And did it take him eight years? It did. Is it going to take most people eight years? Probably. So if you're starting at 45, you have a little bit of a leg up because you probably have more capital, but you also might have more debt. You also have kids. You also have things that you got to work on, but you can get there it's just an amount of it's just an amount of time that's going to take, and it's like if you're willing to put in the time, you can absolutely be part of that five percent for sure. One of the magical things it seems to me is if you really get those processes down, like the money amount no longer matters, right? So as you grow, the cash amount will be larger and larger. You're using to make these trades but it's actually the processes work for $1 or $1,000. And you almost have to divorce this idea of that it's cash and more gamify the process where you're saying, okay, this is what I'm doing. It's not money. I mean, I'm not thinking about the money exactly. I'm thinking about what is the mathematical process that gets me there and it will grow as the amount of money grows over time. What's cool, man, is it's second grade math. It is. So you're right. You nailed it. It is second grade math. It is not hard. That's the only math you need. I should have left when I was like six (laughs) and be like, okay, I'm good to go because it's a little bit of division. It's a little bit of percentages. You could do it on your calculator and it's not, you could build an Excel spreadsheet and it's just the process. All right. Let's talk about some of the downsides or mistakes. Talk a little bit about Dunning-Kruger, this effect of, you know, maybe a little bit of knowledge is not always the best thing. (laughs) good old ignorance is bliss yeah uh, I agree so I mentioned that earlier like at some point you're going to have that 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 swath of information beginner's luck is a real thing when you start trading you just have that that lack of fear you don't have that anxiety you don't have the oh I know everything so you have the you don't have as much analysis by paralysis Uh, paralysis by analysis is what they call it said the other way around you don't have that. And you're just kind of going in and you're just kind of playing it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you can always better your best as Les Brown says. So in my opinion, if you want my thought process is learn to figure this stuff out to see if you like it, spend an amount of time to at least get your quote unquote bachelor's degree in the stock market, because I, I offer that for free right? There's no cost associated with it. I, I, all these people that sell a program on YouTube and Facebook, I did it for free because I'm like, why, why would I charge for this? I make tons of money trading. Like, here you go. Here's all, here's what you need, man. Go enjoy it. So for me, get a bachelor's degree in this stuff and see if you like it. If you love it, then maybe do this as a career. If you like it, maybe do it as a side hustle or a little bit of a hobby. And if you hate it, 
then you do the index fund route. Because if you hate it and you're like, nope, don't want to do this at all. Hey man, that's absolutely okay. You'll still know a little bit about how to just put your money into an index fund and just kind of let it ride. Because the funny part is doc, and you know this, most people don't even do that, right? Most people get into their mutual funds and they, they, they mutual fund it up. It's like, why? Why would you do a mutual fund versus an index fund makes zero sense to me. So I think in the general relative terms of the, of what you asked, yeah, you're going to have those really, really cool effects of you'll start out making tons of money like I did, and then you'll lose a lot <laughs> because you do something wrong. You press the wrong button. You didn't read the right number. And then you can start that adjustment. Then you can start that tweak and then you can start going from there. Yeah. So I was referring to the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is just that people who have a small amount of ability sometimes are unable to discern how little they actually know. Yep. And that can come back to haunt you, which it does in trading all the time. Yep. In the years you've been doing this and all the teaching you've been doing, what is like the main big first mistake people make when they start doing this? Number one thing is they go, oh, it's really cheap. Let me buy it. It's the number one thing. So I'm not talking about a discount. I'm talking about it cheap. So they look at a stock that has gone from $60 to $3. And they're like, it's going to go back up to 10. And I go, based on what? <laughs> but it's gone from 60 to three. So if a stock goes from three to 60 and then it goes from 60 to 30, that's a discount, right? That's a sale. But if it goes from 60 to $3, a lot of the beginner traders, man, they'll go, all right, it's got to bounce. And I go, Mm, no, no, it doesn't. Like it could, but think about the whole rising tide lifts all boats. If you have a log that's already in the air, it's easier for, let's say you have six people that are holding up a log. One person leaves and then another person comes in. That's easy, but it's a lot harder for six people to pick up a log that's on the ground. That's the approach, right? When the stock is in favor, when it's in an uptrend, it's much easier to make money on it. But when it's in a downtrend and it's cheap, a lot of the newer traders will just pile into the cheapo thinking it's going to go higher when sometimes it doesn't, man. So let's talk about where people can learn if they're interested in day trading. And I will say that before I let you answer this question, I'll tell you that three days ago, I knew nothing about day trading options, et cetera. Most of what I needed for this interview, which I feel is a fairly reasonable understanding of something I didn't understand for years, I found on your real life trading platform. Talk to people about what's the first step if they're like day trading. Yes, I'm interested in this. Where do they go to learn? Well, thanks, man. I, and you def, I will say to your listeners, you did your research. I can tell by the uh, vernacular that you're using, which is an amazing, amazing thing. And I really appreciate taking the time to do that. And I say this sincerely, if you have you, Doc G, if you have any questions, man, reach out to me. If it's something you're more interested in, always you know, connect with me. I'd be happy to assist you in any way I can. But for any one of your listeners who is interested in learning how to not only day trade, but just also to get that quote unquote bachelor's degree in the stock market, go to reallifetrain.com and click on the beginner section and see how much you know. Because again, it's a free, I, I teach children, I teach adults, I teach everyone this information because I like it. I do have products that people can buy, they can make, you know, make money off of. But in general speaking, go through the beginner's class, see how much you learn, see how much you like it, see if you're intrigued. And if you are, I have a day trading program, I have an investing program, I have long-term, short-term options, I have a little bit of everything. So it's, uh, it's really exciting. And what do you think the pandemic is doing to this, you know, 
idea of day trading? Is it sending more people into the habit or is it sending more people to learn about it because the pandemic and they're at home trying to figure out what to do with their financial lives? Bingo, man. Bingo. So you have the CARE Act is allowing people to pull out money out of their 401k and IRA. And by the way, I'm not saying that they should do that, but I'm saying some <laughs> people are. Some people are pulling money out of their 401k and IRA to either live off of, or they're like, oh, I want to grow this. Like, I need to, I need to make $20,000 off of this, $100,000. They're doing that and they're learning that time is their only real resource. So when they do work from home, they're trying to figure out other ways to create a, you know, a side hustle, some income, and day trading has absolutely become more prevalent. Not only because of that, but also brokers have made the commissions free, Doc. So you can go on to numerous brokers and buy shares for free. It doesn't even cost you money now to buy. That's insane. So if you buy Pinterest at 35 and sell it at 36, that's a free transaction now. And with brokers doing that, now you have very, very, very little excuse to not learn this stuff because at one point that would cost a lot of money, but now it doesn't. So you can buy it with one share and make a dollar if you want. Knock yourself out. Jeremy Newsom, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show. Like many of the people here with us today, your interest is financial independence and freedom, finding a way to fund your best life. And I want to thank you for pushing against the narrative that passive long-term investing is the only possibility out there You've given us a lot to think about today. Tell us if we want to learn more where we can find you. Absolutely, man. So jeremynewsome.com. So Jeremy's spelled with two R's. My dad's name was Jerry. So it's Jerry and me, Jeremy. That's how that <laughs> happened. Um, but jeremynewsome.com is my, you know, my main website. Reallifetrading.com is my stock market education platform. You can find me all over YouTube. I'm on Udemy. You can Google me. It's pretty cool. So you can just throw in my name or stock market education, real life trading, you'll find me and I'll be more than happy to assist you, educate you and do my absolute best to enrich your life. And what's cool again is that your interest is really in education. You want to bring everyone up to the 1%, which is all the right reasons, I think. And for a message that maybe some of us are uncomfortable with, clearly your heart and mind are in the right place. Well, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. And so are you. I mean, you're doing your best. You're doing a great job to instruct and educate and help people and kind of guide them towards enlightenment, uh, if you will, financially. I also just came up with a new podcast. It's called Broke to Woke. People can check that out. It's really, really cool. I have a book called Money Grows on Trees. So I'm, I'm kind of everywhere. If you Google me, there'll, there'll be a lot of things will pop up, but feel free to email me, reach out to me, let me know how I can help. But Doc G, man, this was an absolute honor to be here. I know how much time you put into these and I hope your listeners realize how uh, a true gentleman and a character you are. So thank you for doing this. Thank you very much. This has been the Earn and Invest podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I wanted to thank Jeremy Newsom. That's a wrap. The best part of this podcast by far is that it is a communication with you my community. So nothing is more important to me than to get your feedback in how you feel the podcast reflects your needs. So here at Earn and Invest, we enjoy when we get feedback through Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, what have you, wherever you are listening to this episode today, go ahead and leave us a comment 
rate the podcast. Tell us what you think. I wanted to read a few that came in recently. Jay Verghese 81 said, like listening to a few smart friends have a good conversation. I only discovered this podcast somewhat recently after hearing about it on the Stacking Benjamin show, and it has quickly become one of my favorites. The topics are timely and interesting on a regular basis, and I really like this show format. With a lot more personal finance podcasts, you feel like you're getting a sermon. With Earn and Invest, Dachi is a very capable interviewer and a great roundtable host, so it feels like you're listening to a very natural conversation with friends. Very much recommended. Jay Verghese, thank you very much. Uh, We are aligned with Stacking Benjamins. We are part of the same family of podcasts, so I'm really excited when someone comes over and listens to Earn and Rest from over there. Another review I wanted to read off to you guys was from Trevor Oldham. Uh, He says, get your money straight with Doc. Doc is an excellent podcast host who brings on some phenomenal guests. Glad I found this podcast when I did. Well, I wanted to thank everyone who has left us a review. Certainly, I look forward to reading each and every single one. And I'm just happy that you guys are here, part of our community at Earn and Invest. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you continue enjoying it. Okay. Okay, before you say that Doc G is pushing day trading on the Earn and Invest audience, I just want to take a moment and go back to that story that I started with at the intro to the episode, when I started in a medical practice, when I was just out of residency, I worked for a company that gave out bonuses based on the number of patients we saw. And I remember when I interviewed for this job, every physician I ever asked said that getting a bonus was impossible. It was as if every physician was just beat down and felt like there was no way they were ever going to get ahead. And I remember taking the job and deciding right then and there that I was going to get a bonus. And lo and behold, after a year or two, I figured out how to do it. But it made me think of this idea of what happens when people tell you you can't do something. And this happens a lot in our lives. For whatever reasons, people are great at telling us all the reasons why some big dream of ours won't work. And I think it's a mistake to totally disregard their advice. And the reason why is you can glean a lot of information. Specifically, you can figure out what they did wrong in the past. So talking to a lot of these physicians, I started realizing the errors they were making by asking them more questions about why they weren't making a bonus. So when someone says you can't do something, what they really mean is they can't do something. And it's an important distinction because I found over and over again that there are always a huge number of naysayers whenever you go out in any venture. And if you let them stop you, and if you don't even try, you don't get anywhere. So let's go back to day trading. Do I day trade? No. Do I suggest day trade to my listeners or readers on a regular basis? No. But I felt I would be remiss if I didn't give a voice to this practice that's out there that many people are saying they can do and do well. I didn't want to be one of those people who just said, no, that's not possible without listening and learning more. This is a guy who's been spectacularly successful at day trading and has taught courses and has many people he has taught how to day trade and how to make money. In fact, he doesn't look at it as an end game, he actually looks at it more as a way of having 
regular cash flow. Could I do what Jeremy Newsom does? I don't know. Am I going to invest the time and effort? Probably not. But I think it was worth talking about it as a subject. I thought it was worth giving you all the other side of the story. There are people out there who are doing this. And for us to just dismiss it offhand, to me, doesn't feel right. And again, it just harkens back to my memories of my medical practice and how many people told me I couldn't do things. People told me I couldn't open my own practice. People told me I couldn't sell artwork on the internet. People are always full of these stories that they tell you. And of course, those stories are more about themselves than you. So it was really a joy to have Jeremy on and learn something about day trading. Just by researching this episode, I found my knowledge expanded. I understood the market better. I understood such terms as options and calls and puts But more importantly, I understood his philosophy and how he looked at his investments. And listen, I know that you will hear this podcast episode after episode, and some of the things we talk about will really hit home for you, and others won't. And that's fine. I'm not here to tell you whether you should day trade or not. I'm not here to tell you how to manage your money specifically. What I'm here to do is expose you to different opinions, ideas, and thoughts about money and what we do with it. And if I can accomplish that, if I can give you something to think about, if I can spur you to go out and learn more, I feel like the Earn and Invest podcast has done its job. That's all I can ask for. Beautiful, man. Thank you so cool. much, bud. So that was a lot of fun. I um, Absolutely. I think we covered a lot of good stuff. And again, a lot of stuff that I think is valuable for my community to hear. Beautiful. Well, that's good to know. That's good. I agree with you. I think that they will, I think they'll get actual, actual benefit out of that. And it, yeah, and it's something that they don't hear every day, which again, for me is, is really cool. Do you have any questions about the interview or about the podcast? Um, no, man, I'm good. If you need anything from me, just let me know. Tech moves fast. So keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups, new tech, regulations, and more. Listen to TechCrunch Daily Crunch now, wherever you get your podcasts. That's TechCrunch Daily Crunch, wherever you get your podcasts. It feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts.